Tonight it's a grand final special. The Sharks have turned on the porch light, but will Harold Holt come home? Cronulla legend Jason Stevens joins us. So much puppy love for the Bulldogs, but will the Swans burst their bubble? We get Barry Hall's unique view. Patrick Dangerfield, the undisputed star of the Brownlows. But who will win our Dipper Awards? The show that promises to quench your sporting thirst. This is Backpage Live. I wanted to run around in the baggy green. Want to be on TV shows like this where we can have a laugh. Never ever give up. They think we're not strong enough, but we just be the world. Their sixes are dulled. I got pucks in the back of the head regularly. It's just unfortunate it was from the coach. Good everybody. Welcome to the show. Grand final week. It doesn't get any better than this. Unless you don't like the Swans, Bulldogs, Sharks or Storm. Then it's <laughs> rubbish time of year. But we have got so much and so many stories to get to with Kelly Underwood and Robert Craddock. Hello and welcome to you both. And over this side, Ryan Fitzgerald alongside James Hooper. Oh. Hello and welcome. All right, two grand finals, two cities, similar stories in the NRL in Sydney. A crack Melbourne team arrives to try and rob the locals of a fairy tale. In the AFL in Melbourne, a crack Sydney team arrived to try and rob the locals of a fairy tale. Let's start there with the Swans. Five grand finals in 12 years, taking on Bambi. Well, the Bulldogs, <laughs> with two grand finals in 62 years. Kel, is it fair to say that Melbourne has found it pretty easy to jump onto the Bulldogs bandwagon? Well, I wouldn't just say Melbourne, Tony. Oh. I would say the entire nation, apart from yourself and your good red and white fans, uh -huh. uh, of which there is a small cluster heading down to Melbourne. Small but cluster? <laughs> compared to the nation that you are taking on, I mean, this is... Uh, it, it's just... I've been in Melbourne for the last few days and it's such a different feeling from the last three years. Fitzy, where it was a complete domination and we were, watching, we were watching a great team in Hawthorne, but this... Even people that aren't invested in this team or even in the game have been caught up in the hype that is the Bulldogs because at the end of the day... We all love an underdog. And Luckily, though, so Fitzy, excitement. having played for the Swans, is on my side, so that's OK. Tony, I'm, I'm sorry to do this to you, <laughs> and I know I had an illustrious career with the Swans, uh, 10 games, um, but it's just really hard not to barrack for the Bulldogs. Now, when you see things like Luke Beveridge giving fans $10 to go buy breakfast on the way down to the pre prelim final on the buses, this team... You know, three years ago, everyone had written off the Bulldogs. They were gone. And, look, can we talk about the final game? They got beaten by Fremantle in the final round. I think the odds were, Kel, 65 to 1 to win the grand final. They only had to play three more games to get there. They're in the grand final. This is unbelievable. Back up, Sparky. You're telling me you're going for the Bulldogs. I'm, I'm on the fence at the moment. <laughs> you are. I love a fairy tale. I'm like Rapunzel. Let your hair down. <laughs> it is a, it's a weird fairy tale for you to get into. <laughs> it is a brilliant story, Tane. And they've played virtually three grand finals to get into yeah. this decider, guys, because mm. the opposition that they've had to beat, West Coast over there, Hawthorne crash. There's no way anybody gave them a chance of winning that match. And then GWS, this match last Saturday, wow. this was edgier seat stuff. Yeah, great. Oh, it was. There was some great stuff written. I like Big Bourne's line about this is the game between the team who've paid their dues and the team who had their dues paid for them in GWS, which was <laughs> nice. very clever. But what do you make of their contrasting body language? Like, you see this emotion in the Bulldogs. It's running, coursing through their veins. And yet the Swans typically are you know, steely, determined. I never know what they're thinking. I'm not yeah. sure whether you do. But who would you rather be on? Well, 
I think Luke Beveridge, their coach, has instilled this will to win in this team and the ability to never, ever give up. And all sports fans recognise that. We don't see it that often in sports teams. So, And what I've liked about them, I mean, we talk of premiership droughts. OK, they've got the longest one in the AFL, but Collingwood broke theirs in 2010 and Collingwood, same with St Kilda when they played those back-to-back -back grand finals they're still love or hate. They didn't have the entire nation behind them. This team has thrown yeah. open the doors and they've yeah. said, come so with us on this ride. It is. Last Grand Final 61, last Premiership 54. So it has been some time between drinks. And that emotion, it wasn't just the fans, obviously, and we saw those players, but the relatives, Tony Liberatore, who was a, such a tough man playing for Footscray, uh, playing for the Bulldogs. His son, of course, is playing in this team. There he is. How good was that to watch? Well, I mean, this is a man that lost three preliminary finals as the Bulldogs player. So well, how good is the father-son rule, Fitzy? Uh, uh, before you, you just think how proud you are mm. when you watch your child do something for the first time mm. and, and how that makes you feel. Can you imagine what it must feel like be watch, watching your child oh. achieve something that you tried 20 years to do? Well, we know how successful Libba has been with celebrations over the years. Back in 1997, they were four goals up against the Crows with 10 minutes to go. Libba, to put the game out of reach against the Crows, mm -hmm. this was a great celebration. Everyone was behind him. <laughs> just too bad it was a point. Oh. <laughs> so I just hope Libba doesn't go too early this Saturday. He's a great man, Tony Liberatore. Yeah. Yeah. He is one of nature's gentlemen and it would be just great to see his son win a grand final. Will Jordan Ruffhead make it? Uh, supposedly. He didn't train today, but uh, just what a freak accident yeah. that was to, to cop the ball right in the, the so eye. The bleeding on the eye. Early stages of the, the game. And, he's, I mean, he's almost their most important player as their ruckman that rests down in the forward line. He's been in great form. You can't miss a grand final with a kick, a, yeah. a ball to the face. A falcon. <laughs> With a falcon. Imagine if you missed out on the premiership because of a falcon. Uh, <laughs> your special. nickname would be Falcon for the rest <laughs> of your life. You'd be 60 years of age walking into a pub. Here he is. There's your sight going, Falcon. <laughs> on the other side of that emotional fence, well, it's all about the Bulldogs, but it's not. In the role of Dream Buster on Saturday, the Sydney Swans. They've been sensational these past two weeks, ending Geelong by the 20-minute mark, I reckon maybe even before it. They were just so hard at it. Seven goal first quarter. And two weeks in a row, they've been spectacular. Beating at their own game against that, the Giants in that first final, and particularly in that first quarter, they were out-tackled. The Giants bullied them. What have they done in the last two finals in that first quarter? They have slammed on seven goals in both those finals. The first quarter on Saturday, Fitzy, will be fierce. Well, I, I, I really want to... We've got Barry Hall coming on the show later on and I really want to ask Be, uh, Baz, you know, what's Beveridge going to do? Because against the Crows, they kicked seven. Against the Cats, they slayed him in the first quarter. The game was over in the first quarter, both games. So what will Beveridge do to counteract that? And, Hoops, you were there uh, on uh, Saturday night, uh, on Friday night, I should say, at the MCG. They basically took the crowd out of it very quickly, which is what they'll be trying to do on grand final day, if there is all this Bulldog support. It was bizarre, Tone. They were talking up a crowd of 80,000 people, which makes you think amphitheatre at the MCG. And after five minutes, you could hear a pin drop because the Swans, it was an absolute blitzkrieg mm. and they just took the Geelong supporter group that was there completely out of the equation. But, Crash, I wanted to ask you in relation to the Swans, they were there last year. They were embarrassed last year. Two years the ago. Year before, to, beg your pardon, yeah, two, they were yeah. embarrassed two years ago. Yeah. How much does that drive them that they've got another opportunity to try and make amends you, for that? You now? can't write it off that it will happen again, you know. I, I was really interested in Gary Rowan's quotes. Like... 
he, he, he almost made it out like sort of a bit of an out-of-body experience. And players talk about that on grand final, that you're sort of almost a spectator mm -hmm. at the occasion. You float out of your own body. Mm -hmm. So it happened to him once. Uh, will it happen again? I mean, it could It could easily happen to I the dogs. I know the answer to that. No. Geez, <laughs> <laughs> you had terror in your eyes as I said that. Is that the game you left at half-time? Yes. Yeah, well, they left before me, the team. <laughs> Swans had gone by quarter time. Yeah. <laughs> what bad buddy, though. He was actually... He stood up in that game. Yep. Last year, of course, we didn't see him during this time of the year. Uh, this Last weekend, he was just magnificent early. The entire first half, not necessarily scoring goals, but creating. Absolutely, and uh, I mean, hasn't he? He's already said this week that this could has been his most consistent year. Given where he was 12 months ago, we didn't yeah. even know whether he would return to the game. But the smile said it all this year. That's what I've noticed is he's really been enjoying it. I think yeah. more so than previous years. He, he is the key up forward. If if he gets early touches, and he, over the years when he's been playing for Hawthorne, he hasn't set the world on fire in a grand final before. But if he gets early touches, yep. The, the, the swans lift around him. He kicked 5-4 in the game they played at the SCG earlier this year, and this is his fifth grand final. That's so good. Speaking of Buddy, though, it's pretty cool that he's playing in both the AFL and the NRL grand finals. On Sunday, he'll be playing the role of Sharks, <laughs> Wade Graham. I've never picked that up before, time. Uh, wow. <laughs> Not just me, is there, isn't it? Same colour eyes yeah. as well. No, they've got... And piercing. They look very has, good. has Wade Graham got a, a supermodel as, as a girlfriend? <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. He's a leaguey, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's... Oh, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> you wait to see the Dallium's tomorrow night. There, they're not sure if it was the uh, week off, but the Cats were flat from before the bounce. Uh, now, even at the anthem, look, here's the Swans. They're pumped and ready. They're arm in arm. They're battle-hardened. Here's this group of blokes they just met in the pub across the way and decided to come <laughs> over and watch some footy. Well, they just found out that Sting was the entertainment in the grand final, I think. <laughs> there it's, was... it's good footage. It, it, it does tell a story. Like, people will say we're reading too much into that, but they look flat, they play flat, and that's why this whole rubbish of this week off, this bye before the finals, has to go because it's a... Clear disadvantage to the best teams, who for the first time in 16 years, those teams did not advance through to the grand final, one of them. Yeah, and I'm sure the Cats won't want the bye next year. I'm sure the Giants won't want the bye next year. They're probably about it, I would imagine. I think the AFL wants the bye because we've had record ratings and yeah, um, an and electrifying mm. final series. And I think the but broadcaster will want the bye as well because it's been better, record ratings. Ratings or fairness? Well, this would be the first team to win it from seventh, which we haven't seen before. So that's a, so and, that's and, a great story. And that is a great story. The other thing as well, Crash, is that the Swans finished on top, so they had every advantage, except, I suppose, for that first qualifying. They had to play that yep. at ANZ Stadium. But they finished on top, lost their first qualifying final... Went the and long have way. dominated since. And so also, are you saying the Bulldogs have had an advantage? No, I'm saying that the Geelong and Greater Western Sydney, like because of the buy, it doesn't give the top teams the advantage they deserve. And they get that advantage in blood. They work for that over seven months of the season, and I reckon they deserve a slight edge. Yeah, yeah. Really All right, tennis star Andre Agassi was at the MCG. I'm not sure which he found more tedious, the game or the company. Uh, he was with you and Gillam McLaughlin there. <laughs> he had apparently just... <laughs> I think... Gotten off a plane. Weren't you, weren't you MC in that room, room time? <laughs> <laughs>
didn't get an invite to that one, uh, as you can see. No, Gil actually did get him there because uh, Andre Agassi, who said his people said, I'm tired. Apparently, Gil McLaughlin sent him a text saying Sampras would have come. Suddenly, Andre Agassi was there, <laughs> which is great. In a shock result, Patrick Dangerfield has won the Brownlow medal. The shock being that he didn't win it by more. He absolutely dominated. He had that spectacular season. It was never going to be any other way, was it, Kel? No, smashed it, didn't he, last night and was um, as predicted. And I think um, those in the room say that it was uh, a night where they were just all waiting to get to the final round so they could hear what he had to say. But um, this is a man who produces his best when the spotlight is on him. In fact, that's probably the first time, Fitzy, where I've seen the spotlight on Patrick Dangerfield and he's looked a little uncomfortable yeah, because did, I yeah. think he was nervous. Yeah. Um, but given what he went through with the Crows all last year, you know, the media limelight was on him. He handled it. He's such a professional. And then again this year, round one at the MCG against the Hawks, best on ground, and he continued that form. Probably unsurprising that the Geelong advertiser went pretty big in its support of their man. You can see the, the, the Geelong padvertiser, oh. that Moggs Creek maestro. It's yeah. Good fits you. I think that was a little bit different, though, to the front page of the uh, Adelaide paper for today, if we can have a look at that one. Uh, the traitor tie, <laughs> uh, which I thought was a little bit harsh, but I can understand. <laughs> you you spent a bit of time with him as a young, before he played his first AFL game, first senior game, didn't you? Yes, I travelled down when I was working as a young reporter uh -huh. uh, at Channel 10. I travelled down to Geelong one night in a cold winter's night. He was playing in the under-18s for the Geelong Falcons and can we interviewed see any of him. him. Look at the so little fella. Ten years wow. ago, before he was drafted, I think he was about 16 or 17. And oh. Very mature, spoke beautifully then, and all he wanted to do was play for his beloved cats. And Fitzy, he got drafted to our crows. Kel, Kel, where's the footage of you, Kel? Yeah, no, you no, no, that comes a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> it's there. You said that uh, he, he was nervous last night because I thought when I, I was watching Dangerfield, I thought he was actually pretty funny when he spoke. Have a listen. No, I tell you, I'm all right now, but last week I was in rough shape, you know? Yeah, last week I saw my doctor. I told him, Doc, every day I wake up, I look in the mirror, I want to throw up what's wrong with me. He said, I don't know, but your eyesight is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was that funny. <laughs> On the field, Dangerfield. Stupid. <laughs> what do you mean, stupid? It's Rodney Dangerfield. I get it. Thank you. Thanks for no respect. No respect. Brown might could have done with a bit of that. Could have done with a bit of that. With the uh, AFL, so that went better than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> AFL season almost done. We thought we'd bring you our alternative brown lows. Of course, are the Dipper Awards. First up was the best use of wind, and it went to Boomer Harvey. Oh, Just right, beautiful. Look at that. Uh, congratulations. Next was the best use of front row seats. <laughs> Accompanied by the best line from the show from Jill Schiller. Was, show mean, us your Adelaide Oval. That was gold of the year as well. Exactly. <laughs> best use of a beard. Max Gorn hiding the water bottle. <laughs> nice work, Maxie. <laughs> best decision by an umpire. Not to wear the studs. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny because uh... umpire. Uh, this is the most brutally honest banner goes to these free metal fans. We're not tanking, we're just shit. <laughs> <laughs> most outstanding new talent goes to Huey Fitzgerald. Yay! He also picked up the worst backyard gong. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? You need some furniture, Fitzy. Uh, most excited fan winning the toss goes to this uh, Eagle supporter. Yes! 
It's pretty quiet in Perth, isn't it? Absolutely. Most polite coach, Carlton's Brendan Bolton. Look, nothing to see here, I'm not swearing. This one's for you, Fitzy. Best actor, son's coach Rodney Ede showing his emotional range with the five phases of despair. Look at him. Oh, oh. oh, he's getting low now. Best unsupported actress. She's the featured extra in the back. <laughs> Best sideline coaching goes to Eddie Betts. I love this. This is good. Yeah, I'm not sure she actually saw no, she it. Ignored him. But she kicked the goal anyway. Well played. And uh, <laughs> well done, Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, our final dipper goes. This is the kick of the year. This is Paul Waterhouse for a hundred thousand dollars. Absolutely brilliant. There you go. There is another year of the dippers wrapped and handed to you. All right, to the NRL and uh, is all of Sydney getting behind the Sharks as they take on Melbourne? Or is there too much baggage? You've been out at the Sharks there fan day today, Hoops. Uh, obviously, it was massive there in the Shire. I want to get your take on that first and then move to whether we're all embracing this team. Look, the Shire's absolutely buzzing, Tone. No two ways about it. But as to whether we're all embracing this team, there's a few individuals in the side that are certainly not in danger of winning a popularity contest. But I think you can, if you put that to one side, the romance, similar to the Western Bulldogs. Yep. 50 years, the Cronulla Sharks have been in the Premiership. They're still searching for their maiden title. You look at a host of legends that have played for the club. You wrote a great column this week where you touched on Cliff Watson and Tommy Bishop and those guys that have played in grand finals for the club previously. Steve Rogers. Greg Pearce passed away this year. For people like that, we're going to have Jason Stevens on later. For people like Andrew Eddingshausen, this would mean so much. Mm. It's funny, though, Hoops. What the week says to me is you can't tell people what to do with their heart. I mean, there's a big thing down here. Come on, support the Sharks. This is Origin 4 and all that. I'm not getting that vibe. I'm no. getting people here very neutral about this grand final. Don't, don't really care who wins it. And it's sad because uh, back in the days, the Sharkies were everyone's second team. Eddingshausen, Jonathan Docking and all these guys, Johnny Lang coaching. But as Jason Stevens said, yeah, but the reason for that was we lost all the time. <laughs> everyone, we didn't fear... No-one feared us. And that is part of it, I suppose. It, it's, it's astounding because you're playing against Melbourne Storm. Right, and yeah. Cam Smith, what he did to Jared Croker last weekend, this vision that's come out, mm -hmm. you would think that everyone in New South Wales would get behind the Sharkies to support them and get them home, but... I yeah, just look, have you seen the same thing? No, I haven't at all. You know, and the Shire is absolutely going mental. Look, it's it is, it's still a great story. 1967, they came into the competition. They haven't won. What, they've been in grand finals in 73, yes. 78. The nine, we don't count the Super League. Super League. League. In 97, uh, obviously, Jason Stevens did actually play in that grand final. Uh, so there's certainly those numbers are there. Mm. But it's the fans. that you, It doesn't matter who's in the team. Those fans deserve success. And that's why absolutely I, my tight. heart goes out to them. Has it They're the anything? people who I would see love get the opportunity to taste victory. Correct. They're the people it would be fantastic for because if you go back to 2005 when West Tigers won the Premiership, there was a real sense of destiny and nobody expected that they were going to win. 2014, South Sydney win the Premiership and everybody rode this wave yeah, that they, they wanted them to smash the 43-year Premiership drought. Yeah. This time, OK, maybe there's not absolutely everybody on board the team bus in similar circumstances, but 
there is still that great fairy tale attached. Absolutely right. You mentioned this. Now, Queensland, as we know, they're, they're embracing Melbourne because it's stacked with Maroons, led by the skipper, Cam Smith. Uh, he's good. Mick Ennis is evil, you know, the whole thing. Uh, but it's not really that simple. Now, you mentioned this. Uh, Jared Croker was playing on a busted knee. Check out Cam. Just give him whoop, a little dead leg on the knee. Just give him a fitness test mid-game. Oh, yeah. that's... What do you... I mean, that's obvious, isn't it? That he's done that so on clear. purpose. I'm a big fan of Cam Smith 99% of the time, but I must say, in that particular instance, Crash, that was poor form. That's poor sportsmanship. Yeah, it was interesting. Gallon came out today and said he's ruthless, and he and he's right. Cam pushes it right to the very edge of the table, and I'm sure if if we're in the green room with Gallon, he'd say, "Why is it he gets away with it and I never do?" Mm. That, that that's what he would say, wasn't it? But these two are warriors, and Gallon hates Smith and he loves him, doesn't he? Yeah. He's always the first player he mentions when he said best I've played against, but. Yeah, that's right. That, that didn't look great, but it happens a lot of times. Call time. me yeah. crazy, but isn't there a bit of a New South Wales media anti-Cam Smith oh, because of, of the overflow of origin, yeah. protected species, the yeah. wrestling tactics? It comes up at the same time. Well, yeah, I think Paul Gellin's getting smashed time. north of the border. Yeah, yeah. And that's the theatre of rugby league. And everyone buys into it without that rivalry. Rugby league, as Ben Eichen always says, it's a soap opera. And yep. that's... Uh, you know, that's the, the, the old uh, the old Harold Holt line and the porch light, uh, they've got to work, work out already, even on this show. Um, I did like this back page, <laughs> though. Uh, <laughs> 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 See you next week. <laughs> 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 that was Michael Westlake, our boss, who, uh, who loves having a bit of fun. And I think, Hoops, that's the way newspapers are going. Like, you, you, in our industry, which is challenge, you can't just throw up government promises tax cuts or, guess what, cowboys on the run after loss. You've got to be a bit creative yeah. and, and get that paper to jump off the yeah. shelf a bit, Kel. When are these tax cuts coming in? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang on, maybe the they do work. <laughs> <laughs> the fan that I love to see, though, was this guy. He was. This is my favourite moment. He was celebrating try with what's become very famous now, the Aussie thing, the shoey. See him there? Here he goes. Now, do you think that's a shoe he's brought specifically or is it uh, that just represents a very uncomfortable walk home? No, Not... that's just an impromptu shoey tone. They love a shoey in the Shire. See, that, was, that was a boat shoe. The boat shoe too, so you'd say there'd be a bit of sand in there. <laughs> yeah, well. Absolutely. Usually uh, Cam Smith knows how to advise referees during games, uh, so it's surprising that he was made to take a conversion attempt for another. He goes to try, this is Chase Blair, goes, he touched the referee there, that puts it down and about 10 metres away from the post. He's taken out 12 metres wider for the conversion attempt. And misses the kick. And misses the kick. Could have been so crucial. Yeah, it could have been huge. Definitely a real stuff-up from the referees in that instance. There was a bit of a fracker yeah. after Chase Blair scored the try, and that's why the referees claim that they managed to get involved in the mix-up. But I can't recall seeing yeah. something like this no. previously for a long, long time. No, I, I, I'm sort of not stunned the refs got it wrong because when you look at the... It's so rare, but you understand the melee, they lost their radar. But I'm stunned Smith didn't pick it up because he's so sharp. I mean, yep. He's the sharpest brain ever on a footy yep. field. Yep. To miss that, I was staggered. Yep. The Cowboys uh, ran out of petrol, didn't quite get through to defend their title. It was a great season for them, though. But Jonathan Thurston, he remains the champion of the people. Look at this. Uh, this is halftime. Look at that Sharks fan, this kid's face. Oh, Just, I love this that so stuff. so good, isn't it? I love, I, that, man, like... that man is so important to our oh. game. And he, to give it to an opposition supporter as well. Yeah. What a legend. Nice touch. Yeah, absolutely nice touch. All right, he's not alone, of course. Uh, Arsenal star Mesut Ozil uh, took the shirt off his back to give to this young fan after they'd thrashed Chelsea. Uh, think we can see that? 
Now, we'll come back to that. You were actually telling me that there was an AFL player. Well, we're just speaking of JT and his helmet. There's uh, the smallest player in the AFL is Caleb Daniel. He's playing in the grand final for the Bulldogs yep. this weekend. He also wears a helmet. Now, so you said JT changes his helmet. Half-time he gives it and at full-time. So... so so he goes through to a game. Yep. Uh, Daniel, as a nine-year-old growing up in Adelaide, mm -hmm. his mum said, oh, I'm a bit worried about you playing footy. So she made him wear a helmet when he was nine. This is still the same helmet from when he was nine. No way. So his head hasn't... I am not kidding you. His head hasn't grown oh, since he was this nine. This is exactly the same. The complete contrast of JT. When you actually look at him, it doesn't look like he's grown too much yeah. since he was nine. Exactly right. <laughs> he's still got the same Spider-Man undies. <laughs> so if he wins on Saturday afternoon, surely you auction that helmet if he's yeah. been... It would be a premiership hero. He's been wearing it since yeah. he was nine. I do, and the, the fan would be thrilled. And I love that we're talking about uh, Thurston doing it. This this is our Arsenal star, Mesut Ozil. He was great. Now, he takes his shirt off. He's back to give to this young fan. And the reaction is just sensational. Look at <laughs> Just loving it. Even loving the smell. Though. It's all, all good. But that is what sport's about, is that kind of thing, going across the fence and See, getting those kids involved. It is. And I'm fine with that, Tony. As a yeah. young boy, you can smell, you know, your favourite player's jersey. Yeah. Um, I have a problem when... There are, there are other items of clothing mm -hmm. that get thrown over the fence. Mm -hmm. Sammy Burgess here. Um, yeah. Hello. He actually oh, threw shorts. his shorts over. Have a look at this chick. She runs off. Very excited. That's good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she actually got pregnant after that. <laughs> <laughs> she had a little baby Burgess. <laughs> Another one. They're <laughs> everywhere. Now, so that's how it happens. Right. I see that fan passion and I raise it. Uh, Port Moresby, the arrival of the Aussie Prime Minister's 13 for the game against uh, PNG. This is from Boyd Cordner's own phone hoops. This is great. I just love this. They won the game 58-0. But just the passion surrounding this game and this sport, isn't it terrific? Some of the most brilliant scenes that you'll see in sport here, Tane. And congratulations to Boyd Cordner for taking the opportunity to share it with everybody. But when they go over there, the Prime Minister's 13, it really is. Mal Meninga's reinstilled it. Crashes. It's right up there in terms of where it sits in the rugby league calendar. You know how much we love magic on this show. <laughs> how good was the Michigan State football coach disappearing? Look, they were getting pumped and he just vanished. Oh, that, that is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, see, again, there he is. There he's gone. <laughs> How, he gone? That's li on live television, ladies. I can't tell you. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, a ma it's magic. They I do have that. Dynamo playing in the team. So I don't know if that's... <laughs> it's just a sensational bit of footage. I'll explain it to you uh, later on. This bloke probably wishes he could make himself disappear after yet another premature touchdown celebration. Uh, here he goes. Uh, got it there for all money. Uh, heads to the end zone. And sadly, uh, yep, oh, once more, same as... Oh, Here's a tip. Run into the end zone. Hang on to the ball. Or learn to disappear. Can I also, Tone, just quickly bring up uh, New York Jets have got a new quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick. OK. Now, he had six interceptions yesterday. It's not good. And um, he doesn't have a Twitter account. Mm -hmm. So people, Jets fans have quickly been going on Twitter, seeing my account 
and thinking that I'm Ryan All Fitzpatrick. All your followers. I've been copping wrath from New York <laughs> Jets fans for the last two days. <laughs> going, quit the club, you <laughs> I'm like, I've had to write back going, sorry, I'm a failed AFL yeah. footballer, not an NFL footballer. And you've got to deal with your own abuse, let alone other people. We all know the glory of catching a ball from the sidelines. Of course, sometimes it doesn't work out, uh, like with this woman trying to catch the kickoff in an NFL game. Oh, yeah, you know exactly where it's hit. I think we've got a better angle, perhaps, uh, to see exactly where she... Here it comes. I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. I ain't got it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's Jordan Roughhead's yes. I think. Yeah. He's been Roughhead. There, there she is, though. All, all tickety-boo. Um, but, Kel, as our, our popular culture expert, I know that you did point out for us, Kelly, it was very similar to this moment. <clears throat> hey, you guys. <laughs> oh, Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> there goes my date with Doug. Save that Rodney Day. Come on. <laughs> the season's nearly over. Come on. Am I meant to be understanding what you're talking about tonight? Or... <laughs> Did you not get that at oh, all? Sort of. Oh, honestly. Brady Bunch. <laughs> oh, my nose. Still, they both maintain, unlike me, some dignity. Um, I'm not sure this bloke managed that. Now, he's going for the catch. Big, uh, heading towards the boundary. Oh! <laughs> this other angle once more is even... If only oh. he had a KFC bucket on his head, he might... <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> that, uh, the, the security guy would just come and take him off the field that, as well. Oh. Yeah. How nonchalant is he? Just sort of... Just, oh, yeah, yeah, be best. yeah, that's OK. Yeah. Remember, the back page's nomadic life continues. From next week, we return to Fox Sports 1. That's Channel 501. Coming up, former Sharks legend Jason Stevens joins us. Uh, the world remembers the great Arnold Palmer and we've got all this, uh, this week's top five. And a man who could be torn on Saturday, a Swans and Bulldogs legend, Barry Hall. Just do your best. What you hear is not a test. And we're away in the grand final of 2005. West Coast versus Sydney. Should have missed from here, the Swans skipper. Point blank range. Sydney in front. Biceps exactly like that. He is, of course, <laughs> a Swans legend, uh, but he also supported and played for the Doggies. Does he have a giant foot in each camp for Saturday's grand final? Welcome, Barry Hall. Uh, is it a win-win situation for you this weekend or a lose-lose? Where? How are you feeling? Well, I thought it was a win-win, but it's a lose-lose because I've come out and declared that I want the Western Bulldogs to win purely for the story. And, you know, the, the Western Bulldogs financially are a struggling club. I think it would do them a world of good, but all the Swans fans have turned on me. They've turned on me. I'm a, I'm a life member there. I'm in the Hall of Fame. Um, I only done it uh, for the heart of, of the Western Bulldogs. Used to bake for them as a kid. Uh, they've all turned on me, so it's a lose-lose. Yeah, that's where we have to leave this interview. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, so Baz, when you held that cup aloft in 2005, how can we forget those images? You broke the longest premiership drought in the AFL. It was something like 72 years. Now the longest premiership drought belongs to the Bulldogs. In your experience, mm. does that history weigh on the players' shoulders heading into this game? Oh, look, they, they won't think too much about it. We, we, 
obviously were aware of it as players and, and they'd be aware of it, but you don't speak about it pre-game. It's probably something at the Sydney Swans we um, sort of encapsulated uh, after the game. It was something that you sit down and actually I took the time to open all the letters and, and read all the letters that people uh, write to you. And it was mainly of the older people saying that uh, they're just so glad that we've uh, broken the drought and they're actually prepared to die now because uh, they've seen us win a premiership. It was like, hang on, this is a happy time. <laughs> Let's not pass away right now. Um, right it's now, quite bizarre. <laughs> um, Baz, we were talking earlier about Sydney's superior starts they've had in their last two finals. Kicked mm. seven goals in the first quarter. Basically put the Crows and Geelong out of reach in the first quarter. Would love to get your thoughts. How do you think... Beveridge is going to counteract that. And what do you think the Bulldogs will do in that first quarter to upset the Swannies? Well, it's just all about intensity. It's grand final day. It's going to be you know, pretty hot in the kitchen, particularly the first five minutes. And the Swans have made their trademark in this final series. Look, I know the first final against GWS, the Swans uh, were a bit shell-shocked. They were really disappointed with that performance and it almost sprung them into action. The Giants woke up the Swans in this final series. We said the two games after that in the final series and, and they were outstanding, the Swans. They were unbelievable. But the Doggies got ahead of them. Look, they've got to be with them at quarter time, as mm. you said, averaging seven goals in the first quarter from any game, let alone a final series. That, that's awesome from the Swans' point of view. Dogs need to stick with them till quarter time. Baz, what about this match for Buddy Franklin? What does it mean for Buddy? He played in a grand final with the Swans a couple of years ago and the Swans were poor. Does he need to help the Swans win a flag to justify the big contract that he's got to sign with the club? Absolutely. Look, if, if they don't win one in the next couple of years, I think we're starting to see um, some of the, the things now with, you know, there's talk about Tommy Mitchell probably not getting enough money next year, so maybe he'll move next year. And you don't want to talk about that grand final week, but if the Swans don't win a flag in the next couple of years, it's going to come back to bite them, as, as I said they're not going to be able to afford in the salary cap. It's starting to get a bit tight and good players are going to have to leave. So the window is starting to shut for the Sydney Swans. They need to something to happen uh, really quick. In the next couple of years, if they don't get a flag, um, they'll be concerned. Barry, what about the way the Bulldogs just are so emotional? It's so unfootball, isn't it? The way on the lead-up after every win, like it all floods out in the dressing room. Is there any worry that they may have run themselves dry, almost emotionally, that, that it just sort of almost overcooked? Is that a concern at all? Yeah, look, I've spoken about this all week. And, look, they've put so much into getting to this grand final. And, look, they've, they've, put, they've played with so much spirit uh, the last three finals. Uh, they've been outstanding. But sometimes you put so much into getting to the grand final and you're out of petrol tickets when you get there. We see it a lot. We've seen it with West Coast last year. They were unbelievable until they got to the grand final and Hawthorne just towed them up. I hope that doesn't happen for the Dogs because it's a great story and it's captured everyone's imagination in the football community. Let's hope that they've got enough petrol in the, in the tank because uh, it's a great story so far. It'd be great to see him win a premiership. Yeah, we know. we've heard that you want that story. Who do you think <laughs> will actually win, though, Baz? I think Sydney Swans will win. Uh, look, I think their midfield runs deep um, and I think they start. If, if the Dogs can't keep with them, uh, I think it's going to be tough playing catch-up. So I think the Swans... Uh, just too much uh, experience over the park. They've been there, they've done it. We know what the Sydney Swans are going to turn up and bring. I'm not sure what the Bulldogs are going to bring at this stage. Let's hope it's good, but I think the Swans for me. All right, Barry Hall, uh, from a, a Swans fans, we still love you, uh, despite <laughs> who you are going for this weekend. Barry Hall, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Lovely to chat with you. Thanks very much. <clears throat>
I love the fact they're having a crack at him. That's oh, I know. <laughs> you can imagine, you know, little oh. Kenny, the silver-haired guy that's <laughs> yes. behind the goals? Oh. He'll probably bring out a little sniper rifle <laughs> and get past as he's walking around the boundary. All right, let's get to golf. And uh, sadly, the king is dead, Arnold Palmer, a man who brought the game to the people and served as one of its greatest players and, of course, the very best ambassador. He passed away aged 87. Such an icon crash. Oh, look, he really was. And, and look, all these old photos, I, I love them because it shows yeah. him in his debonair best. I mean, he was a handsome guy. The crowds loved him. We think of him as 80-year-old Arnie, but what about the way the game's changed? He played 700 tournaments and won 1.8 million, and Rory won uh, 10 million or 11 million yesterday. Yeah. But, but, but he'd do anything for golf. When he was at Victoria playing in the golf club there, he got up a gum tree five metres up to hit a ball, A, because he wanted to win, but he also loved the showmanship of it. He knew the photos would go around the world. You know, it was fantastic. I love the fact that he was a knockabout bloke from a blue-collar background. And at times, he'd walk around with a rolled cigarette on the golf yeah. course yeah. and that sort of thing. So he bucked the traditional mm. convention uh, of the game of golf. And it says a lot about him that he was still worshipped and respected by the current generation. Correct. I saw Rory McElroy tweeted, you know, a, a really lovely comment, Mr Palmer. So there's... Jason Day called him Mr Palmer The as respect's well. there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's so sensational. Well, and he's got a golf tournament and a drink named after oh, him, which is good. The <laughs> iced tea and lemonade. He, played, in, he played 50 straight US Masters. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah. But even, even Nicholas looked up to him. I know when they played here in Sydney, Jack had a bad round. First round was going to fly home and was in a real tiffy in the dressing room. And Arnold said, no, no, you don't. You must stay. And no-one else could have said that to Jack Nicholas. Palmer did, and he stayed, you know. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jason Day had to withdraw from that Tour Championship you spoke about, Crash, halfway through the second round. This back is a bad issue for him, isn't it? It's gone again. It, it, it is. It's a worry. It, very few players in history have played better injured than this guy. Like, he could have nearly won it yeah. with a disc out in his back. Like, you can't... Have a look at the way he's walking yeah. there. But, but it is a worry. He's going to have a really good break over the summer... But at his age, you can do without back injuries because it will bring the best down in golf. Part of his problem uh, in that swing is that power and the speed of his downswing. Uh, but he's not the only one with the swing that can cause back pain. Check this guy out and have a listen to the reaction. He's <laughs> <laughs> like a transformer. He dislocates his neck. <laughs> it does. It's unbelievable. It is the most ridiculous When you actually thing. slow it down, yeah. about halfway through, it looks like he's hitting the ball the other way. Towards the camera. <laughs> exactly right. It's extraordinary. And, of course, it brings us to this week's top five unorthodox sporting actions. Yeah. And we start with Atlanta's Craig Kimbrell. Look at that. It's a bizarre pitching. It's, it's an easy target for the fans. Look in the background. That's called Kimbrelling or spider arms. It's, it's not a bad pitch, though. Number four, this is a former gladiator thunder diving. Or should we call it plummeting? Oh! Number three, look, the jumping technique, all good. The landing technique, not so good. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fronton's even better. She, uh, <laughs> she thought she was doing a high jump and forgot it was long jump about halfway through. Look, you've seen this bloke before at number two, but nobody's tackled the hurdles quite like this man in terms of technique. Just check him. Uh, he realises he's not going to get over anything. So what the hell, I'm just going through them. Out of my way. Out of my way. What's more, I'm going to come up to your side and take one of yours out as well. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>
The great Charles Barclay. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> you can do it, Charles. Yes. There you go. There's your top five for this week. Uh, they were unusual, if not terrible, but this, this is just plain brilliant. These are just ping pong trick shots. These are real. Look at this. Happy goes and <laughs> love it. This is a tough split. And back across. Oh, wow. How good is this? You've been spending a lot of late nights on YouTube this week, Tony. <laughs> I have, but I didn't see this. Oh, that's <laughs> But I saw this during the day. <laughs> 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 and the, the, the double ball. Uh, there was some ping pong stuff up until late on YouTube, now that you say. <laughs> this, there we go. Wow. Look at this. Oh. Ping pong bat down oh. the pants. Are you going to play that one from Thailand that you had on your back That one was amazing. <laughs> that was good. Former England test batter Jonathan Trott has revealed in a new book just how tormented he was by Mitchell Johnson during the ashes out here. We all knew this crash, but this book, it's so revealing and the, the, the words he uses to describe what he was facing every time he walked out. Oh, look, Cricket was waiting for this book and he, he was as vivid as you can possibly imagine saying my manhood felt questioned. I was humiliated. I was absolutely disgraced and tormented. And he said I was in tears the day before it and... Like hyenas around a dying zebra, oh, it, as he described yeah, the Australians. He did. And, you know, we're, we're not used to that language in cricket, but what it does confirm is this, Tone. That summer, Mitchell Johnson's oh. form was about the hottest ever in Ashes history. You can put Jeff Thompson intimidating England in there. You can put Bodyline in there. Wow. Currently Ambrose. Who yeah, else would no, you put in no, there? No, I can't put Ambrose in there. The great West Indians of the 80s, yes. they had patches where they had blokes jumping everywhere. But for sheer unadulterated terror, yep. it's worth... From, that book will stand as eternal testament that Johnson's best was just about the best of all time. Yep. When he was running white hot. When he was cold, we all get it, yeah, he could lose it and be hopeless, but when he was hot, man, oh, man. To, it was oh, they were terrified. Supporter, wasn't it? And, and you're oh. talking about a guy... He played the same amount of tests as Don Brabham and average 44. He's no mug. All right, coming up, uh, our champ of the week and Jason Stevens joins us right on the other side of the break. Stick around.
the Sharkies trying to grab a piece of history with their first premiership and a man who's been part of that club's history is with the Shark, Origin and Kangaroo star, Jason Stevens. How lovely to so have you on the show, you my again, friends. Everyone. I, I got a, um, a, an early morning text from you uh, this morning yeah. and you, you weren't happy about something. What, what was bothering you? Disheartened. Disheartened. I like to think... Uh, I mean, I played my... Paul Gallon played his first game with me at, yeah. at the Sharks, yeah. and uh, I like to think I've, I've taught the young kid a bit. And, uh, <laughs> I, I got the paper early in the morning, yeah. and they they picked the best team of all time. Mm -hmm. Guess who's taken my number eight? No, that young Paul Gallon. There it is. <laughs> this is well, you're on so, the bench. I'm on the bench, so I texted him, and I said, <laughs> and I said, "Gals, have you seen the paper?" And he said, um, "I'd have to be awake." <laughs> It was 5.30 in the morning. I was very agitated. You know, you know what as well, Jase? There's a whisper. I've heard a whisper. You are a Sharks legend. But I heard that even you're struggling. It sold out today, the grand final. You're, uh, even you're struggling to get a to, ticket. To get a ticket, yeah. I mean, I guess if I paid for it, I could probably get one. But <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm, I'm MCing, I'm MCing <laughs> a room. Uh, if you want a ticket, you can, you can come. You can come. You throw in a little appearance fee, Tony. <laughs> We could have a deal. You are so low. Uh, what about, do you believe... on, a, on a serious note, you have actually had a little bit to do with the team in recent weeks, haven't you? Did you and ET go in and you had a bit of a team dinner leading into that crucial victory last Friday? Well, well, look, uh, Flano's been great in, in, in bringing some of the old boys back and ET and uh, Barry Russell and uh, Big Dale Broman, who didn't play for the club, but he lives in the area and... They've had some some kind Thank words. Daryl, he gets a oh, he gets a gig everywhere. Daryl, there's a free feed. Daryl was there. <laughs> you can smell it. <laughs> but it was just great just to be around the boys, you know, just to to you know they've got a great um, you know friendship. You know the boys, they laughed, they were laughing, they were light. It was always good signs day before the game. So and you mentioned good. the coach there, Shane Flanagan. Uh, Both of you go way back to your time at St George. Did you know then? I mean, it's an amazing story. He's come through the Asada drama. Yeah, Flano. And now he's got all the players. You know, career best form. He's one win away from his, uh, the most famous victory. Was did Flano. you spot back in those days that he would make it as a coach? Well, Flano, you, you know, um, he, he was such a good bloke. When I met him at Saints, unfortunately, I, I didn't get to play with him because. I didn't play reserve grade like he did. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to kill me. You're not going to get any signals. <laughs> no, but look, look, he, he, um, he you know, he's, he's been through so much, and uh, you know, he's. I just, I, I, I hope they win for the fans, for the players, but for him, it'll be great. You, Do you, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, you spoke about the wind-up with Gallon, and I've heard your phone never stops beeping with sort of people trying to wind you up, including Darren Lockyer, who I, I thought wouldn't be wouldn't be into the wind-up. Is it, is it true he had a bit of a chopper chat? Oh, well, I saw him out on the field uh, the other the other night, and and uh, I said, Darren, good to see you, mate. And he said, don't give me a wedgie. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened was what, one fateful day when I used to live at Brighton, beautiful beachside suburb, and I uh, he texted me, because it was a beached whale on Brighton, and he said, mate, are you going to be OK for the game? <laughs> so I gave him the worst wedgie that day. I don't know if we've got your wedgie of him, but we have some wedgie work, because you were very yeah. famous for it. Uh, was, mate, Trent oh, this Barrett. one against Trent Barrett, and yeah. he was a good teammate in Origin. Steve, I won't say what he said. Yeah, this this is against Storm? Yeah. Oh. <laughs>
That's atomic. There's young Cameron Smith there as well. Was that Cameron Smith? He's never been able to spray tan. Yeah, I know. Well, it was funny the other week. I've only got myself to blame, but I was at a restaurant and someone. Firstly, they said, oh, can you, you sign this? And they said, thanks, blocker. And I said, I'm really, really going to go back on the low carbs. But then, but then they said, I said, I'm not blocker. I'm Jason Stussy. I goes, oh, yeah, the wedge used to... Oh, mate, I played Australia as well. You know, I've only got myself to blame. Do you, believe, do you believe that this Sunday evening, that drought from 1967, it will finish? I believe in droughts being broken. I was celibate for 14 years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys know, but... That was but a heard around the world. Be biggest celebration <laughs> But I honestly do, because, look, we've got this team that... It's, it's not like any other team we've had in history. They've got six blokes in there who've been in grand finals. They've won a seasoned origin players, seasoned test players. It's a different makeup to any other team. We've got... Thankfully to the Roosters, they've let go of James Maloney. Mm. Thank you, Roosters. And, uh, and Mick Innes with the Bulldogs. And we've got all these blokes from different areas and they've just gelled and I just think it's going to be But history. does history weigh on these players? Like, you is that boulders on their shoulders heading into this game going, you know, because there's so much hype around it. You played in a losing grand final. Thanks 97 against the And 93, the St George. Yeah. 93 is a better one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you made it to the second tackle, didn't you? Second tackle against Big Lazo. Yeah. And then I yeah, was in hospital pretty quickly. I did meet Tina Turner on the way out, which was a, <laughs> <laughs> which was a plus side. <laughs> it was wonderful. Okay, so it was can, we, can we see some footage of that? Because that was with the Dragons. That was also against Brisbane. Wasn't it? It there was, it was. This yeah. is tackle two, bust your thumb basically yeah. off. It was bad. I, I, I could set my bones straight through the, the thumb. And I don't know why I started limping. <laughs> um, I was in shock. I was generally in shock. And, 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 and Mark Coyne Mark used to call me Jelly Belly and he goes, where are you going, Jelly Belly? And I, was, I said, I think I'm going to hospital. Hey, Jason, you, you dropped the magic word. You, you said you were celibate for 14 years and proud of it, wasn't it? It was a big... Yeah. That was your different... It was uh, an amazing story, wasn't it? Tell, tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, it was... It was I, I guess through... Uh, there, was, there was a player at the club at St George, Brad Mackay, and he, uh, you know, he saw us fairly restless in certain areas and... He took me along to a Bible study and I started, started yeah, exploring the spiritual side of, of life and made, made a really big difference to the peace I had in my life. So I've, I've got him and, you know, I came from a, a background where my mum as well and was, was, uh, I always had a close relationship with God, so it was great. We, we'll take a break. You hang around? Yes. S stay with us. Jason Stevens coming up. Our Champ of the Week. That's next. <laughs> Welcome back. Jason Stevens is still with us. Uh, there's always plenty of concern, obviously, uh, about sharks in the waters for surfers, you being a shark. Look, usually happy with dolphins, but look at this. Oh. Check this dolphin out. It just... Bang! Oh. Yeah, so the kid, did he see it at the last second and bow yeah, it off his board? That's the where the dolphins... Know. When the dolphins start targeting us, you know we're in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's happening the right now. Ending. Absolutely. <laughs> Time now for our champ of the week. Look at it. it couldn't have come a minute too soon for Rory McIlroy winning the FedEx Cup, picking up a much-needed $13 million. I was very worried about him financially, uh, Steve. He was down to his last $100 million or so, uh, struggling big time. Rory, he won that Tour Championship, the season finale, as we know, in that three-man sudden-death playoff. Played some great golf to win it, actually, on the fourth playoff hole. He is our champ of the week. Jason Stevens, uh, Sharks legend. 
By how many on four. Sunday? By four. By four? And a very tight one. You're confident? Yeah, we are, yeah. Gee, it's good to see you. Come Thanks. back and visit us again. Thanks, I'd love to. Do I get, I get paid? It's just for love. That's it for us this week. Don't forget, next Tuesday, we are back in our spiritual home, Fox Sports 1. That's Channel 501. Put it in your diary and we'll see you there. Bye-bye. <laughs> This has been a production of Fox Sports.